What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Bleed Orange and Blue podcast. I am your host, Chris. For today's episode, I actually, this is a pre-recorded episode that I did with my guy, Chris, from Nick's SI. We talked a little bit about Black Lives Matter. We talked about police reform and just a lot of stuff that's been going around the country. And, and we do get into the NBA towards the end where we talk about just what teams we think are the favorites from the East and the West. As you all know now that the Knicks will not make it into the bubble uh, for the NBA down at Orlando. So yeah, pretty much uh, that's all we really talked about for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, I'm sorry I haven't made an episode. It's been about a month now since my last episode I'm going to try my best to come out with new episodes weekly or every two weeks, uh, mostly since the Knicks aren't playing right now. We do have some new stuff that has come out from the team uh, that I will be covering on a new pod later on this week, probably. And I for sure will have a lot more content when the Knicks come back to playing or when there's been some hirings done or just some more traction with the team. This episode was actually pre-recorded about two weeks ago, I believe. So anything that you guys listen to that might have changed by now, uh, just a little heads up. Things might have changed from anything we've said. And yeah, it's just I hope you guys enjoy the show. And like always, thank you to everybody for always supporting. Chris, what's up, man? Thank you for coming back uh, to the show. Uh, it's great to have you. How have you been? Uh, hello. It's always a pleasure to, to uh, be on. Second appearance. Uh, I've, been, I've been good. Uh, I'm excited to be back on the show for sure. Nice, man. Um, I actually haven't recorded a podcast since the last time you were on. That was actually my last episode. Um, it's just a lot going on around the world mostly around the country i guess and oh for sure i just yeah i i haven't really been in the you know in the mindset or just motivated to record a podcast especially on my own since it's just me but today or like these last couple of days i actually started feeling you know just a little better so i was like all right i, I think i should right. record something and i had we, yeah we had, we had, had a good conversation so. mm-hmm I had, I had one of my own pods come out, but it, that was pre-recorded, you know, like it was, we didn't oh, okay. even, my, my, you know, to a tolerable degree, we took like two weeks off as well. We had the yeah. only stuff we released was pre-recorded, pre-made episodes. Um, we, and we even, we started every episode, like this is pre-recorded. Um, we even, we put a link in the description, you know, every, every description had a link where you could go donate, go take action. Like it was, we, we kept putting out content because we know there are people who, you know, like to just enjoy content and, right. if, you know, if they can, if they can take, if, if they have the time, if they can take the time, um, you know, everyone distractions are, you know, it's sports is essentially a, a big distraction from life mm-hmm. when that's going on live. So, um, and that's, I guess that's kind of the point Kyrie's trying to make to segue right in is yeah. that, um, you know, if we go back, it's just going to be, 
who scored the most points last night. It's not going to be a, you know, this this wave that we're riding right now, which is awesome. Of of the um, the amount of reform I've seen, amount of change I've already seen, positive change, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I see Kyrie's point, man. About <laughs> the second the NBA starts back up, it's just who won last night. It's not no, absolutely, yeah. I was thinking the same thing because. When I first saw, you know, there's some reporters, Woj, he had like this, the headline, you know, trying to name him like the disruptor and stuff. And I didn't, I didn't mess with that, man. Yeah. I was like, when it first came out, I was like, well, what is like, what is Kyrie doing here? You know, like, what is he saying? Like, what is he actually, you know, what is he standing for? And the more I read into it, I was like, well, he's not wrong at all, you know, because I would say maybe what 90% or just the entire NBA fan base when that report, I forget her name, when she came out and told LeBron and KD to shut up and dribble, we were like, Oh, oh come on, Abraham, are you serious? Bro. Yeah. And we were like, we, we were outraged. Hate her. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You know, we were like, Oh, come on, man. Are you serious? Like, how, how are you going to say that to him? Like they have this huge platform where they can actually get their voice and their message across to so many people, you know? And so when I saw a lot of people essentially telling Kyrie to shut up and dribble, you know, cause they're like, yeah. oh, or well, in his case, he's not going to play cause he's injured, but right. they were basically telling him like, just w- go worry about hooping. Like, don't worry about that's else. yeah. And I, even, you know, and then the, the people trying to tell him like, Oh, you're not even playing. What are you so concerned for? Like, oh, how dare he be concerned about his teammates and league mates and friends in the league? Like the, from what I saw, there's no real bubble. The bubble right. isn't – the people testing the players are allowed to leave the bubble, and they were not going to be getting tested. So where's the bubble? <laughs> if, if those people are in and out of the bubble as they please and are in contact with the players on a scheduled daily basis, where's the bubble? Yeah, no, I, I've, I've always talked about it too, like – aside from Black Lives Matter, if the whole setting itself is just not 100% safe, which I don't think any league can actually do that right now, right? Like, I don't I don't know. I don't think that they can be 100% not safe. Not in America. Yeah, not especially America. not here. Like, you see the cases rise no, definitely in Florida not. where they're going to be. In, in the Bundesliga, they're doing, you know, they have regular testing um, mm-hmm. maybe every two or three days. And they're going and traveling to the different team arenas. You know, they don't have a central site, but, you know, on the bench, the players are six feet apart and uh, masked and staff have this, you know, team staff wearing masks. Um, it's a lot different from when you see Trump staffers going up on stage, telling people to take their masks off for like, literally it, it's, it's like, they know what they're doing out there. They're, they're chilling, right? They're, they're playing in their own arenas. Um, yeah. No fans, no fans in those arenas, but they're playing in their own arenas. And I think, I don't know what country it was, but there's a very small country in Europe that's going to be uh, starting soccer back up mm-hmm. and doing so. I think 30% of fans will allow it to be in attendance. There just has to be two seats between. Oh, really? You know, it's like, yeah, it's like they're already, there are countries already there. Oh, okay. And America, like America is two weeks removed from realizing that the coronavirus is like an actual threat. And their countries, New Zealand, their, their social distancing guidelines are done. New Zealand, I think, and Australia, yeah, I, that I've area, that. they're back to normal. Right. It's like, 
you know, so, so if we're talking about getting players back in July in a state that is apparently scheduled, I just saw on Twitter, someone ran the numbers and Florida is going to run out of hospital beds by July 8th. People are saying is like uh-huh. early July, they're going to be over capacity again, just like the first wave. Um, and you want to throw NBA players into the mix right there, like right at that time where it's going to be like the worst. Yeah. I see the concerns, you know, people, people getting at Kyrie right now, are I think they're attacking the messenger because uh-huh. the messenger happens to be like the one guy who <laughs> would be the messenger for something like this. Like right. you can't, you can't watch game of zones and then see this and not laugh. You can't, you cannot laugh. It's funny that Kyrie is the guy, but you think about what he's actually saying. And it's like, no, he has valid points. He's not trying to tell people Paul Pierce is the goat. He has this, this is some serious, you know, like, how mean? dare like, he worry about his, his teammates and we're talking about everybody safety right now. Yeah, exactly. For some people want some basketball in Florida. We're talking about like safety players have kids who have special needs who they would have to bring who they would need accommodations for those accommodations are expensive. Those accommodations would likely get publicized. It would likely be found out. You know, like there's so many factors that we're just not thinking of because we want basketball back. And I, you know, it sucks to be like, it sucks that if you think about safety over basketball, you're the bad guy, I think. No, my yeah. Biggest issue. My, my biggest issue was that I feel, well, for, for myself, I'm speaking for myself, right? I feel like I'm being selfish for wanting basketball back because, like, we love basketball, obviously, right? I'm doing a podcast right. based around basketball. I love basketball. But I'm selfish to want basketball back, especially if the players and everybody – involved you know the coaching staffs uh the trainers if they're not all 100 percent safe that you know the, they're real people they're human beings and like you said they have kids they have families and uh, i saw something about their families not being able to go down there until august like the end of august or something like that and i just right. I, I don't understand how that all works would they be in quarantine during that time and what if there's like a huge second wave again going on right i don't even think we're gonna i don't think it's gonna qualify as a second wave i think this is gonna start like first soon wave enough never it's just gonna ended, look right? <laughs> yeah i think if you look at this next year the whole 2020 graph we're gonna see like june like it's, it went down a little the growth stopped but there was never i think this first wave is just it's just one big wave honestly the way the way we've yeah. handled this as a country yeah as, as a country as a whole it never it never went down also, you hear my son crying in the background. That's him <laughs> throwing a little tantrum right now. But <laughs> it adds to the show. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. Look, I, I really just hope that they can figure something out. I saw like yeah. earlier today uh, guys like Lou Williams actually came out publicly and was saying that he supports Kyrie. And for basically the same and that's that we do that's my thing is like why do we why do why do you have to come out and say you support Kyrie why is it like a a big deal to come out in support of safety and like I don't uh, I don't know if I like how this is all set up it's like they were so ready to just get basketball back that when their plan really wasn't that good and they got called out for it it's like well hold on you don't want basketball back if you can, if you if you're if you're trying to stop basketball, all right, but you know you're going to be the guy that tried to stop the NBA from coming back in a time where everyone wants the NBA back. Um, yeah, but he, he had the, the backing. He had the backing of a lot of players. I think they said it was like eighty players on that call. Yeah, who who were pretty much it's on just, his side, you know. And 
it just sucks that he's the one that's <laughs> at the forefront, you know, and mm-hmm. he's going to be, you know, painted as, I guess, somehow this bad guy for not wanting basketball back. And just with him standing for, you know, like Black Lives Matter and saying that this will be a distraction, I, I think he's right because – like how you said, once the NBA comes back, we're going to be worried about who scored the most points, what team won, what team qualified for the playoffs, what team just got eliminated, and stuff like that. Now, I, I don't think it'll completely stop. Oh, definitely. It's not going to stop. Yeah, but, but it's like... It, it is a distraction to a good portion of the people who's who say, you know, like, you know what, let me just stay home, drink a beer, and watch this game or something, you know, like, at least for me that like, in my everyday life before this whole pandemic and everything that was going on, basketball was my distraction. Like I'd grab a beer and sit down at home and just watch the game, you know? And so I I don't see how that wouldn't happen again, but I don't know. I, 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 I stand with Kyrie. I really do. I, I like what he's doing. And I think Shams was the one that reported saying, that Kyrie was willing to risk it all, you know, like I guess his whole career and everything. Yeah. If, if he's painted as this bad guy. And I don't know, man. I, I really just hope he gets the backing of a lot of big name players because if the NBA I don't I don't think the NBA is gonna cancel. Like I don't think they're gonna cancel the season. No matter what the Kyrie money does. <laughs> yeah. Especially it's because way... of the money. And it's way too much money. There's no way they give up on this. They can't. No, yeah, I don't think so. They either. wouldn't. They should. I think that they could. What I think they would be a huge, um, how do I call it? Like, like some something big for the NBA is. Can you imagine if? Because they said something about like they can have like stu- uh, substitute players, right? For if someone right. tests positive, or if someone just doesn't want to go down to the bubble or whatever. Um, what if you have someone like Russell Westbrook? And James Harden, who together say, you know what, we're not going down there. We stand with you, Kyrie. Then what? Like, what does the NBA do there? Or what if Kawhi yeah, and Paul George no, do that? You know, like that's huge. There's no substitute, and that's that's no. But that's the problem is, I think the issue with all this is is the last few years we've talked a lot about player empowerment. We've talked a lot about oh, power to the players. Players are choosing where they want to play, who they want to play with. Who are we talking about when we say that? It's always the top talent. It's always the superstars. Yeah. The NBA had a call with its superstars. They decided they wanted to play, so they moved forward with the plan. The issue here is that who's not getting represented is the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. The 99%. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That top 1% of talent is getting their fair share of, of representation right now. Their ideas are being heard. The problem, I think, is that everyone else's voice is not being heard because they think that the superstars is, you know, that, oh, these are the only people we need to talk to, you know? It's like the, the reps for the Knicks apparently are, are Dot and Taj. Um, and it's like, th- those are two guys that are not stars, but it's like, uh, they, they might be two of the players that feel like players of their tier, of their stature, like, like they're not getting heard. You know what I mean? I'm talking about those guys, like role players, veterans, the whole league, not just the superstars. So I think Kyrie's trying to give a voice to that middle and bottom pack of players that feels underrepresented right now because the big talent has the loudest voice in this case, and I, I don't think it should be that way. Um, 
and you know when we when we say like oh well the players can choose and all that which players are we really talking about i think is the question we need to start asking yeah i don't know man it's just it's, it's a whole mess you know for them to I, I before they started the talk i i did think they were going to just scratch the season and we all knew that if they decided to bring the season back that it was just going to be a mess, which it is right now. And the season hasn't even started. Um, there's a lot of ifs about what happens once the season starts. But I don't know, man. I, I, I hope Kyrie gets – I think Kevin Durant, like, backed them, right? Chris Paul was there, Carmelo Anthony. Um, I don't know about Donovan Mitchell. He made a tweet last yeah, night. He that, said that. <laughs> yeah, he said he wasn't part of that. Yeah, um, but – it was great to see a lot of those guys there supporting Kyrie because the headlines right now is just only him and it's not just him. Is a lot of players a word. that that are you know that are backing him and I I just don't think he deserves the heat that he's getting. I think what I'm saying to what I'm saying to Knicks players or not Knicks players Knicks fans right now who are who are speaking negatively about these players. I'm like think about how much you loved Carmelo Anthony when he was here. Stay mellow. We all said we were going to stay mellow, right? Mm-hmm. Mellow, mellow says, I'm going to be myself. And there are people that don't like that. There are people that will like that. That's how life is. If you like Carmelo Anthony, if you respect him, if you, if you thought that he was like a, a good guy, a good representative of his teammates, a, a stand-up, uh, you know, like a, a pro's pro, um, and, you know, even guys like Shump will say, like, oh, Melo took the blame for everything. Melo Mello was, like, one of my best teammates I've ever had. It should say something to us as Knicks fans that Carmelo Anthony is one of the people up there with Kyrie Irving standing kind of, and the way Woj puts it, is, like, against the league establishment. But the league establishment seems to be Silver, LeBron, Giannis, and all these superstars that would definitely want to play again because they're going for a championship. What about all these these other teams, these role players, these you know these kind of forgotten guys when it comes to these negotiations? I feel like I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like these these guys are underrepresented almost just because of their talent. And it's like I think I think Jared Dudley and Todd Gibson and Dame Dodd and and uh, you know like they should have a say and their say shouldn't be bigger than LeBron's, but it should yeah. you know whatever their opinion happens to be. It should be taken with the same weight, I think. Yeah. Um, the Austin Rivers actually came out with – well, he, he made a comment in regards to Kyrie, and he had the same – I guess he, the same – not the same approach, but they're on the same page. He said something about he wants the NBA to come back because uh, – so that, so that the players could get paid and – Essentially, that's what he was saying. So the players can get paid and they can use their money in order to fund, you know, these organizations that will help <clears throat> with reform and stuff. And he, he, he made a comment in there where he talking about a lot of NBA players need a paycheck right now, basically saying like they're broke and stuff. I don't understand that. <laughs> I, I, that's probably a little... Um, how do I say? That's probably a little off topic about NBA players needing money, but... It, I want to know what your thoughts are on that because I I looked it up as soon as I read that and I was like, NBA players, the minimum contract for a player is 
the, the just a little bit shy of 900k per year for like for the season. Right. I don't I don't get how he would try to make this about money in order to help the movement. And reg- like I don't know. I, I think I think you you want me to you want me to get into like what I think Austin Rivers is trying to say. Like, yeah. With that post, I think what he's I think his point that he's trying to make is. If there are guys that, that want to play and we want to, you know, make the money and, and go and we'll take the health risk and whatever, like, we just want to get our cash, right? Like, we, we're going to be using that cash for positive change anyway. So why stop everyone from getting their money, which they also use for, like, essential things? And that's money that they might be using. And, the, you know, the keyword there is might, um, might be using for positive change. Like, why not play to try to get change when we could play, make money, and make change? Is really what that's the heart of what Rivers is saying, I think. If, if, if you ask me to like interpret his statement from a, from like a simplified standpoint, and I think that I get what he's saying, right? Like, if guys want to make their money, but it, it, it's not all about that. It's not, you can't only see it as the salary. And I think. Rivers almost sounds like he's coming from like an owner's perspective. Like, well, you guys can do whatever you want as long as you're making the money and making me money for my team. You know, it's it's interesting to hear a player give that perspective now, but that kind of shows like there are players who just want to make their money, you know? Yeah. I I get where he's coming from. I don't know if I agree with his stance, but I, I at least see, I see why he has that stance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just overall, I just don't want that if the NBA comes back for for it to like push the movement aside or you know, because I mean, it's a week or two ago we my my timeline was completely flooded with protests and just everything that's been going on. Now I see a bunch of like Bundesliga, Premier League coming back. Um, Right. NBA tweets and just stuff like that. You know, I I don't want people to forget what the fight actually is. And I don't think it will, like, on the streets, because I, I went for a jog yesterday. And when I finished my jog, I noticed that there was a large gathering. People were getting ready to protest. It, it looked awesome. I, I don't want them to stop fighting because we're nowhere near where we should be. And... Right. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, they, they, they. It's we're we're still a long way to go. Oh, for sure. There's there's a lot more. Yeah, no that that goes without saying. Yeah, uh, Governor Cuomo actually uh, said earlier today that people needed to stop protesting, that they won, and I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. I I don't I don't know what he's trying to say. I think he's he's saying win like it's like a. That's not what it's about. It's not about winning. There's no, <laughs> yeah. We that. we win when we, the, and I say we as as the people pushing for change right now. We win when we see that the necessary change has been made. And if you think that we've won in our own eyes, if you think that we think the necessary change has been made, then you clearly have not been listening well enough to our demands as a right. people. Because if oh, you man. think we're happy with what you've given us, it's like, then you don't even know what you wanted in the first place. Yeah, man. It it sucks because um, they, they were saying that they were going to 
defund the NYPD, or at least that's what they're trying to work with. And $6 billion goes to the NYPD. That's insane to me for a single police department to get $6 billion is outrageous. Um, I think overall what we all want is, well, at least for me, what, what I would love is to have like a police department that you feel safe around, right? Because at least for me growing up in the city, if I was playing basketball or soccer or whatever I was doing with a group of my friends and the police pass by or like they walk by right. and they just stay there, it, I don't feel safe. I feel like, like, damn, am yeah. I doing something wrong? You know, like what, what's going on? Why are they here? Or whatever, instead of having cops pass by probably talk to you and be like hey what's up man what are you guys doing you know like trying to have a friendly conversation yeah. like if they were your neighbors or your friends like or something you like to, that. they're wait they're waiting for someone to slip they're wait- exactly so i that that all has to do with like the systemic change that we're all trying to to get because i don't know man i growing up in new york city it it was cool i love new york city but for sure it, it you just don't feel 100 percent safe even right now as as a grown ass person, I don't feel a hundred percent when, a, you know, when the cops pass by or it, it just makes me feel like, like I'm doing something wrong and I'm probably not. I don't know. I just, I, there's, there's a lot of change that needs to be done and it, it has to, it has to come from the top and that's, that's what we're all fighting for right now. Exactly. It's, yeah, I agree with the top down, like that, that, that spoke to me, like, yeah a lot of a lot of problems are are what it's like we we have a a structure and there's problems within the structure but the whole if the whole structure is flawed you can fix the inside as much as you want the outside you know what i mean like that foundation Mm -hmm. is still not right um it's not until you you redo the foundation you have a solid foundation then you can build on that we're trying to build on a, a flawed, you know, we, we got to, there's, there's a lot more to be done. A lot more change. For sure. I was, I was reading about um, Camden, New Jersey, how they also like they, they restructured their police department and just how different it was. Cause I have family that lives in Camden and every time I go, well, the last time I went was probably about three years ago. And then before that it was, it was a long time ago. I was, I was a little kid. Um, I remember just seeing how, just, just how like poor the community is and just like, you, you, you know, you, you get a vibe from, from where you are and reading this article, it made me realize like, just, just with the, 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 the new structure of the police, the police department, it helped bring violence down. It helped just everybody, you know, just not want to steal or rob or do anything that's that's wrong basically and and they 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 made themselves into like a community-based police department where they do a lot of things for the community they have good relationships with the community and stuff like that and that's that's what i want to see you know just throughout the whole country because we we see this all the time where you know innocent people are dying at the hands of police and it's not right and they 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 walk they they continue to get uh work their job and yeah what's the the difference between a cop and a bullet is when a bullet kills someone you know it got fired 
<laughs> for well, I you know, that's the crazy thing too though, because if they kill someone, the the cops, the worst that can happen for them is they would get fired and that's it. That's that's like the worst. And I don't I don't understand how that's you know like a worst case scenario for them if they yeah. even get fired it's a it's a it's a systemic thing like yeah within if a cop does something wrong and you as a fellow cop don't cover up for them you're going against the brotherhood it's like it is deeply ingrained into like the system to allow yeah. and it, they're not no one's encouraging racism that's the thing people are like, ah, we're not racist so yeah, but if you're allowing racist things to happen, what's the real difference? Yeah. If you're no, tolerating. Sure. A, it's like, that's what I'm saying. Foundational change. It's, it's, it's like scary. A lot needs to get done. It's scary how police departments have like this cult-like behavior in which they just turn the other eye no matter what. And they, they stick to their cause, you know, or like they stick to, like you said, this brotherhood and... I don't know. They they, they kind of just make it seem like it's them against the people, and it shouldn't be that way. I don't know. It's it's fucked up <laughs> all over the world. Like just yeah, just the the whole thing is messed up, man. It yeah. I, I can't. It's just every from the top down. It's just every. I want to say like redo everything, man. Like redo yeah. it all, bro. We yeah. we have a foundation, and we keep trying to change things on this foundation. It's like. We need to like stuff has changed a lot from when all these laws were made from, and these laws were made racistly. It's like I don't just because exactly, we're not yeah. racist now doesn't mean that the laws like just redo them, remake it, re yeah. And I know it's not that easy, but I don't know. No, we we need change for sure. It's you can't even you can't you can't sum it up like that. But really, like really, we really need to on all levels. This is just it's stressful and it. It gets me mad <laughs> when I talk about it. It's just, I don't know. You know, it was be being racially profiled as a kid and just things of that nature. Like, they had stop and frisk at one point here in New York City. Like, what the hell is that about, man? You're just randomly stopping people just because they look or might look like a criminal. Like, what? Are you serious? I don't know, man. It, mm -hmm. it we, we need change. That's Like you said, that's just the bottom line. It has to get done. I I really hope people don't stop fighting. We need to continue just doing everything. If you if you can't go protest because of legal issues, you know, not everybody is like not everybody are citizens. Um, I know for people that I know, myself included, that's one of the main reasons. You know, that you're you're probably scared. And right. but but you can you can contribute many other ways. You can just help spread the message, um, help your families understand. Because I know a lot of us probably have to do that. And right. not not that it's you know our parents' fault or anything. Because at least for myself, my my parents they didn't get a lot of education coming from another country, and they came here and all they know is work and you know stuff like that. So right, you know, it it is it, it's our job to to educate them and tell them how things are and that sometimes what they see on the news is not true and that I think that's that's one way we can we can help because overall what, what we want is just unity and for everybody to to feel safe and just like abolish racism I don't understand why 
or in 2020 and that's still a thing i don't know yeah it's like for me too i'm i'm half white and i look mad white right i got the blonde hair blue eyes pale skin all that but i'm the same percent white that i am dominican so mm. i'm like i'm i'm half and half um and i i actually know my dominican family way better than i know the finnish side of my family like i'm way more in touch with my dominican roots you know like I spend mad time in the city with my family. I, I have even Dominican cousins that live up in Pennsylvania. Like even there, we even if we're going up to Pennsylvania, we're eating Dominican food for lunch and dinner. It's like, and you know, it's just like, it's it's all these cultures, like it's incredible. It's incredible to have all these different cultures, but we also have to realize like, it's just, we're trying to save human lives. And it's like, and then mm-hmm. people come with the all lives matter shit. It's like, bro, don't even... Ugh, it's like all okay, lives yes. matter then why can't you True. get behind black lives that's what i'm saying it makes no yeah. sense to me it, it, if I, all lives really mattered you wouldn't have a problem with me saying like seriously they're like these people's house is on fire right now like i know your house is not on fire your house might one day light on fire it's not on fire right now so you should probably save the people dying in a burning mm-hmm. house you're chilling with your house with a pool and jacuzzi <laughs> sitting there like and, and and this this house next to you next door is on fire and you're like nah actually I'm gonna water my own house so that if it were to catch on fire it wouldn't catch on fire it's like there are people dying next door to you yeah and a lot of people like you know like right now I live in an area where like there's no police brutality where I live mm-hmm. at all I live in the suburbs it's like there's none of that ever goes on and it's like okay we're still neighbors even if not next door, the town over experience is that the county over, right? The people that live on the same planet as us experience problems that we don't. And it was Benjamin Franklin who said, um, and this is not verbatim because I don't know the quote word for word, but what he said was basically like, you start to see real change when the unaffected people are as outraged as the people who are affected mm. by whatever's going on. And I think we might now be finally starting to get to a point where the unaffected are at least listening to the affected. Maybe they don't understand. Maybe they're, they're not as but but people are listening now. Right. And it's like, like you can tell something, something about everything going on right now. Like something feels so, part of it makes me really upset about the world we live in, but it's part of what's going on also is like, I got some hope going forward. You know, like you see, these specific scenarios you see people just going out of the way help other people whatever it is like there's there's a lot of hope a lot of hopeful situations too in all this darkness i think um what we're learning about ourselves as a society too like people people say like my generation generation z like we're afraid to we're afraid to say hi to the uber eats guy when he drops off our food but we'll throw back a tear gas canister at a cop with no problem like, hey man respect to um, z's i got a little brother he's he's 15 this kid is he he wears his emotions on his sleeves and i tell him that all the time i'm like yo sometimes you have to chill bro because <laughs> oh man i i love it man it's awesome yeah so i i just feel like something about my generation some, something feels at least within my generation i got mad hope like okay. i can tell when when hopefully when my generation is like adult age right like 40s 50s like I think a lot, I think we're going to see a lot of those like historically pure red states at least start to show a variety of opinion. 
uh, even if not, you know, like I just, we might, we might see that the, the map on, of the U S like it, the, your party may be less determined by your area. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you see like big areas where all red or all blue, yeah. like I, 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 I'm speaking mostly about like the Southern States here. You could probably tell I'm talking about Southern States where it's all red down there. Right. But I don't know. I think when my generation gets older, we're going to see a, a good variety of, of opinions and, and informed opinions too. It's a lot of what's going on is people are really, really quick to form an opinion. Oh, it's Kyrie speaking out. Oh, it's all crap. Their argument. Oh, I just want to see basketball. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people, if you, people are at least like, even look at Drew Brees, Drew Brees came out, said some clown shit and then was like, okay, I'll listen, speak to me and tell me what I need to know to understand. Cause I clearly don't. Mm-hmm. And the apology, you know, that, that doesn't mean anything to me. Everyone's been apologized. What meant something to me was when he went out of his way to go at Trump and say, like, oh, yeah. listen, I did not understand. Now I do. You do not understand. Here's why. That shows oh, people are actually listening, learning, and then acting with their new knowledge. Like, that, that stuff gives me hope, personally. No, yeah, I, I'm right with you, man. I do. I, I think it – I don't know. I hope – when I'm in my forties, we, we have like, like that just the world around us is different that we don't have to just, I don't know, man. It's, I, I, like you said, I have hope. I really do. Um, yeah, I I have a three-year-old son. I hope when he's a teenager, he never has to go through any of this. Um, I, I I just hope he doesn't have to ever be racially profiled, or that the cops are being being assholes to him, or or just this random racist person just said something to him because maybe he was being a dumb little teenager, you know, with his friends or something. And I don't know, man. I I really hope that all of this that that we can get changed and that we don't have to continue living like this because. At some point, you know, like, and I, like you said, I think this is the point where, where the people who, who are, they're starting to empathize, you know, and like take notice of what's really going on. So, right. I don't know. It's just, it's tough. For sure. Yeah, man. Um, what did you think about James Dolan? First, not wanting to say anything, and then he came out with this very bland, awkward statement two weeks later after, you know. You, uh, it was put best, was it, was it JB, JB from, from now at Daily Knicks said on the KFS pod, I think, that, that Dolan had a layup. (laughs) He just had to with some moderate swiftness put out. He did not have to say black lives matter. Should he have? Yes. Did a bunch of other teams not say that? Yeah. Like he could have just put out a bland statement right away. Yeah. And the the team would have been like, all right, this is the crap we were expecting. Maybe they have internal discussion, but the statement, the public aspect should have just been, it's like, if you're going to take two weeks you better come through with the most like woke and progressive statement that you have ever released. 
because you're saying that you took those two weeks to learn about the situation, to inform yourself. If you take two weeks to come out and say, I don't like racism, that's why they're getting clowned to the extent they are right now. Um, he just doesn't know how to do anything, right? Like, There are some, know. and I hate to look at it this way, but you know, we're talking about a guy who got married at Mar-a-Lago and has donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to Trump. Yeah. So you can't expect a, a flipping of mentality. No, I but what you yeah. can expect is at least a fake understanding. He would at least pretend to care. He would at least make it seem like a few days after the murder of George Floyd that he cared about what had happened. He waited two weeks to say what? I don't like racism. There you go. He, he almost put it out there like, aha, there. Now racism is over because I spoke about it. It's done. Ah. And his original point was me speaking about it won't change anything. So why should, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we need change from all over. The Knicks putting out a statement. We're not, the Knicks aren't more qualified to speak about racism than other people. So why would we? No, you have to put out a statement. You can't. What do you lose? What is it? Why are you arguing putting a statement out against racism? Why is that something? If someone said, hey, go put a statement out against race, I'd go do it right now. Why? Because yeah. I'm, I'm anti-racist, right? Dolan's just making it clear. And, and uh, it's just like, even if you're a moderate, whatever, whatever's going on, like if you're silent, you're in the wrong here. You can't be silent. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I, I just knew he was going to disappoint us and just... I don't know. He was just gonna do something stupid, which he did. And yeah, he he could have just done. He could have put out that exact same statement that he did two weeks late, like within that yeah. one that first week, and we would have been like, we he would have probably still gotten similar, you know, like that uh, almost the same heat, just because he's James Dolan and whatever. Like we all hate the guy, but. The, I don't understand. Like he, he makes statements for a living. He like the Knicks make statements for the dumbest things, and then for you to say, "Oh well, what are we supposed to do?" You know, like like no one the Knicks put out a statement to say that they didn't offer Richard Jefferson a contract. Was it like something like that? Like that you have all the time to share your thoughts on, Seriously. and I know that directly concerned you, right? Okay, you can say it's different. Still, you can take. To, it, it's not even like Dolan's doing it. Just tell the intern to put together the black and white PDF and tweet it out. That's it. He thought know. he was like really doing something by refusing to speak out. He thought he was like, yeah, like setting the precedent. I'm trying to, I'm trying to show that the Knicks are not, you know, everyone needs to care. It can't just be the Knicks who, who, who need to care. Like, I don't know what he thought he was saying. I don't know what kind of message he thought he was putting out, but he thought he was up to something. I think, I think he thought he was making some sort of, but I don't know. He's I can't man. defend it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't, can't defend it. Can't defend he's, it. I don't. I don't know what's up with the guy. He's he's his ego is huge. He loves to just try to make himself look right all the time. I don't know. Anyways, let's let's just try to go off topic. Let's talk about if the NBA actually does come back. I think it will. I I highly, highly doubt. I also see it. 
Yeah. Um, At some point, they 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 gotta figure something. Yeah. Out. I yeah. I just I I I highly doubt that they cancel the season. Like you said, it's just way too much money on the table to lose. Um. So yeah, it's they're bringing back twenty two teams. It's nine teams from the west. I mean, from the east, right? And then there's thirteen teams from the west. Who who do you think? All right, so who who are your favorites right now from the east and the west? I I can't pick against. I I said this. The Super Bowl came up this year, right? And I thought the 49ers were going to win. But I made a, a wager with one of my friends uh, on the result, and I put money on the Chiefs. I couldn't bet against Patrick Mahomes. It's like, reg- oh, I think the Clippers are going to win because they, they have the, the team talent, or I think what I can't go against Giannis in the East. I can't go against LeBron in the West. I think this year, who your best player is matters more than anything else. Because we're going to get back. These games are going to be awkward. We get back in these games. No fans. It's a weird. Who's best equipped? I'll, I'll ask it like this. And uh, here's, a, here's a question for you. You have a blank roster, but you're tied 3-3 three and three in the NBA Finals. You have to put together a roster for Game 7. You get one player from the NBA's top tier. Who do you pick to build your team around for Game 7? Who's going to win you that Game 7? I'm. I hate betting against LeBron, just like you said. <laughs> I'll, I'll I can't. LeBron that's what I like. I can't. I can't put an answer. I can't not answer LeBron. It's why I have Bucks Lakers and I have Lakers winning the whole thing, because I just can't. I can't bet. This is not the year to bet against LeBron, in my opinion. I also have the Bucks out of the East. I just don't. I don't know. Just looking at the East, I don't see a team that can beat them. Um. Toronto. The Celtics, I think people sleeping yeah. on the the Celtics, the Raptors. I I think I could see the Raptors making the the Eastern Conference Finals, man. But I have Raptors. I, they've struggled. They've struggled against the good teams, and they you know Celtics. I guess like Tatum will get you a bucket, right? Yeah. Kemba will get you a bucket. Raptors, you don't really have besides Siakam in the post. You don't have an option like that. That's that consistent. So. Yeah, um, I, I I actually have the Raptors as one of my dark horses for the East. I don't know, man. They're just so good. Like, I, I love They're the good. They're playing really play. good basketball. Yeah. I, I just think this playoff game is going to be super slowed down. Come that, and, and what's going to help them is their defense. Because when the mm-hmm. game gets slowed down, you need that grit and grind defense. The Raptors got it. They have the grit and grind from back in the day. They have, the, they have Marcus Salt. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have Kyle Lowry, Marcus Salt, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, they have um, some good defenders on that team. Off the bench. Siakam defends bench. at a great level, yeah. And even, you know, you're getting guys like Norman Powell coming in, averaging like 15, 16 a game, whatever he's at doing. Like They're getting a lot of contribution from all over the place. I think that in the playoffs, when your rotations tighten up, and I feel like they're, the way that they win games just is going to get overtaken by the talent of Simmons or Embiid or the talent of Giannis, whoever they meet. I can see the Raptors making it to the East Finals, but whoever they meet in the East Finals, I think will be able to topple them. Yeah. What do you think about the 76ers? How, how do you think they're going to play in the playoffs? I They've struggled this season, but I don't know, man. I, like, I know they, they don't have like a lot of shooters. They Of course, they miss J.J. Reddick and stuff, but 
I feel like they their style of play. They they can they can play well in the playoffs, and they have the talent. They have Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. If they have to go against like the Bucks, I don't. That's 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 a tough that's a tough matchup. I just but they I have a lot of bodies that they could throw too many, at someone like Giannis. There's too many. There's too many buts with the Sixers. There's too many yeah. ifs and buts. It's like they clearly are good enough to make us think about them this much as a real contender. But there's a reason that nobody is is serious about them winning at all, I think. You know, there's yeah. a reason that no one really thinks that – it's just not this year. I love Simmons and I love Embiid. I have a Simmons jersey. I have an Embiid T-shirt. I love those two guys. I go to Knicks games against the Sixers literally to see them play. Like, I, I've gone to a Sixers game, you know, because if you're going to a bunch of Knicks games every year, you're really just thinking about who the Knicks are going to be playing. It's not about <laughs> – yeah. it's not like any game will be good because the Knicks have a good team. You know, you're, you're trying to think about who am I seeing come into the Garden. Um, I've gone to a Philly game, I think, each of the last three seasons, man. I saw that Christmas Day game where Canner had that, like, 30-20 and 20. And they, they still beat us. I watched them beat us this year with that Tobias Harris five-second violation. Like, I've watched a lot of the Sixers over the last few years. I've watched how they grow. I've watched – last year's team was better. Last year's team was better. Yeah. Jimmy and – not Jimmy their Butler. year. Not their year. Who would you have coming out of the West again? You I know you have Milwaukee. Yeah, out of the West, I don't know, man. Like, like you said, I don't want to bet against LeBron. But the Clippers are just so stacked, and I can't bet against Kawhi either because, like, playoff Kawhi, he goes into, like, just another mode. And we, we see how good he is during the season and everything. But in the playoffs, like, he's not going to rest. He's going to play all the minutes, you know, that he has to play. He has the, – the game slows down, which is perfect for him. He doesn't really need to be just zooming up and down the court. Um I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I can't I can't go against the Clippers right now. I actually think that they're gonna they're gonna beat LeBron. I think it's it's gonna be a matter of like rotations and and the depth that they have over the Lakers. Um, right. I, I just I just made I made my whole case for the Lakers uh, to win it. I you know I I have I I'm a co-host over at the Two Tolerable Degree podcast, and uh, we just did an episode. Um, predicting our like conference and, and finals champions um my argument with the lakers mainly yeah you can you can go over and, and hear the whole spiel if you want but summed up it's really that lebron it's all about superstars the league is all about superstars but really it's right now the game is about what superstars do you have on your team um who are your lead guys because the nba now offense is give the ball to your lead guy even if they're Mm -hmm. not a point guard put the ball in their hand and let them work right who's going to be getting the ball like that so you have lebron who has a whole ass anthony davis by his side this is the same guy who took zadrunas elgowskis and crew to the finals this is the same guy like who made what nine eight consecutive finals appearances and nine total um I just I trust this experience in a situation where no one really knows what's going on and we're in unprecedented circumstances. Like that is the guy I'm putting my money on. That is the guy I'm trusting. And if he loses, then he got beat by a better team. And and that's yeah. but there's no one who I if I had to put a bet, there's no one I'd rather bet on 
than LeBron and, and AD by his side. And they have functional NBA players around them. It's not like they got a bunch of And they, they just got, two, the cl- they got like two to three months of rest. So, I don't know. Right. And, they yeah. add, you know, they added Markeith Morris. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Clippers and the Lakers both kind of did an arms race, right? Each each team got a Morris brother. Uh, Clippers added Reggie Jackson. The Lakers added Dion Waiters. Um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe Dion uses this break to figure everything out, and he comes off the bench and does what Jordan Clarkson's doing in Utah. Who? Yeah. I just think the Lakers, like with LeBron and AD at the helm, so much is possible. I think we saw what's possible with Kawhi and PG at the helm, which is really, really high-level basketball, but not without team chemistry concerns. Now, the Clippers just look like a really good basketball team who just goes out there and just like, I don't see what what are they doing out there. Like The, the, the game that spoke to me the most is that double overtime game against Boston from the regular season, man. Boston, just like with a system, just took down the talent. And and that spoke to me. I think Boston has a real shot also coming out of the East. They they just play really good basketball too. And like you said, they have Kemba who who's just a bucket getter. They have Tatum. Man, I I made a tweet the other day and I was like, I wish we had Jason Tatum on the Knicks. Like that he's 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 good and I think he's he still has like another level that he can get to. Uh, in his career as a player. Oh, for sure. No, we we know that. That's that's inevitable, honestly. I'm, I'm, I really wish we traded Kristaps for Tatum and something else. Oh, man. It was, I, it was, it was, Chris, it was Tatum and Crowder for Kristaps was the deal, yeah. I think. No, I, I think I remember seeing – well, it was, it was like that third pick. Uh, Crowder, it was Crowder. Jalen Brown. Crowder I, and yeah. the choice of Brown or Tatum oh, okay. or Kristaps. Phil said – you give me bro- both Brown and Tatum, I'll send you Porzingis. We have a deal. Boston said, no, that's too much. They're right. They were right to say that, and were, uh, that's why that deal didn't go through. But Phil was also right to demand that because – Exactly. Exactly. No, you can see why those negotiations went the way they did. But if Phil had settled for Tatum and Crowder, we would not be mad at that right now. No, 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 not at all. Tatum over DSJ any day. <laughs> I, Anyone over DSJ every day. Uh, that's a topic for another day we can have <laughs> about, you know, just the, the young guys and what we expect out of them or what we think um, can actually happen with the, the young guys that we have on the team. Um, my dark horses out of the West. Like you said, I, I call them a dark horse because – you know, they, they can probably surprise. But I just don't see anybody beating the Clippers or the Lakers um, out of the West. Uh, for me, it was, it was Denver. And I had, like, Utah somewhere there. But I, I just don't see them having, like, that talent or that. Skinny Jokic, man. <laughs> he came. Yeah, he lost my weight. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't see them having that talent or that experience to actually get over the, the nuggets hump. you mean or, or, yeah yeah the, the nuggets and, yeah and I, I totally agree they're too young yeah. they're too young um they don't even it's not that they play like 
it's not that they play a style of basketball that's reflective of them being too young. It's not like they make too many mistakes or like, right. They're well coached and they, they play good ball. It's just like, look what happened with Portland. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Denver is worlds better than Portland as a team, even though Portland was the third seed and Denver was the second last year, that difference isn't that big. You look at the roster construction, Denver is way more intelligently put together as a team. What it came down to was CJ and Dame balling the hell out. Mm-hmm. So when you're telling me that the Clippers have all this talent, I'm like, I don't care who they have. Because if LeBron James is taking over a game, he's just going to do it. And Kawhi, it doesn't matter who the Lakers have. If Kawhi is just taking over a game, it doesn't matter who the Lakers have. Kawhi is just going to take over that game. And I think that if I had to bet, I think the Clippers are a better team. For the, you know, if I had to bet on a takeover, that's why I picked LeBron. Like the LeBron taking over a series is what I see happening over Kawhi taking over. You know what I mean? So it's like when we're talking about the Nuggets, these teams in the middle, it's like the Thunder. I love the Thunder. I am, a, you know, a, a, this year's Thunder, the three-point guard lineup, like so much fun. They're just not going to make it anywhere past the second round, in my opinion. And maybe that's the, yeah. maybe that ends up being a cold take because the Thunder, Chris Paul takes them to the finals. And but no one's expecting them to, you know, like they just who do they have? Who do you go to? Chris Paul, <laughs> I guess. And right? and and it's too late in his career for that. Yeah, he can run your offense. He's your floor general. He's not your clutch. And yeah, you know he'll he'll he wins them games and and. I just think like they played they played the Celtics a few days before the uh the the season was suspended and and Chris Paul won them that game and the clutch. He 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 scored like two clutch buckets. I just think if it's Chris Paul versus LeBron James, it's a bit different than Chris Paul coming into T D Garden and knowing, okay, well, I'm the best player on the court today. Like Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. It's it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out um it all goes back to if the star players actually go to Orlando and play um I know that a lot of them were part of that group like you said the superstars they were part of that group that wanted to return to play but it'll be a big deal we saw Damian Lillard talk about if it's even worth it uh CJ McCollum I think also had you know like those worries and so it's, I don't know, man. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting just to see what happens and how everything plays out. I agree. I I think no matter what, it's gonna be a fun playoffs. Uh, even if, if even if it has a weird feeling at first, or even throughout the whole thing, like we're happy to have basketball back. Yeah, I think I think the whole no fans thing is like we're gonna get over it quick. I was watching um. It's fine. Soccer pipes in the yeah, crowd. Yeah, for soccer, it's, it's fine for it's soccer. It's fine, honestly. It's I was fine. watching the uh, La Liga game. I was watching Real Betis, and I I honestly didn't even notice. Yeah, they had the background noise and everything, and um, I, I didn't even notice. It it felt it felt like a regular game. The guys are going at it. They're playing. They're, it's a competitive game. It's nice. And overall, it's a distraction. I, I, I think we're, as fans, we're going to get over it within like that first week and then it's just gonna yeah it's just, yeah it's just gonna be like us watching basketball they're gonna have to do something maybe like that background noise so that we don't hear where and i you know? it all it, it all depends on what's going on like soccer has done a good job 
of making me forget that there's no fans. Like I just watch the games, yeah. right? So if they do pipe in crowd noise, but I would, I don't want 2K crowd noise, bro. <laughs> I, feel, I really hope they just put that out as a feeler to mm-hmm. see how Twitter would react. Um, maybe they just put that out to make people get excited for the fact that no matter what the soundtrack is, basketball is coming back, right? But if that was a serious, if they're really, are you kidding me, bro? Do what soccer's doing. Get the specific arena chance. Take actual arena audio and use, stop, don't use, 2K is the same. I don't want to hear the same crowd every single time, like yeah. the same cheer every single time. No, have like a board of different audios to use. Have the defense chance. Have whatever it is, but. That's another thing about soccer, and I've had this conversation with my friends, I mean, about basketball, that just the overall uh how do i say this like the the fan uh experience is just completely different in basketball opposed to soccer i've been to a lot of soccer games and they're just so fun man like you have chance you have the wave going around and it's it's fun in basketball there's no real chance i guess it's just defense and i don't know what else you know that that's kind of what makes it easier for uh, for soccer and for these leagues to kind of distract us, because right. like you said, they play the chants in the background. It feels like you're, it feels like the fans are there, even though we know they're not there. But you hear the chants, it makes you excited for the game. And I don't know, I'm, um, I'm intrigued to see how the NBA actually does this. And I hope they do a good job. But at the same time, I hope they stay the course or the players at least, and you know, just continue with the movement and continue to try try and bring positive change which a good portion of them have done word i agree yeah well man thank you for coming on this was a long talk it's always <laughs> a pleasure to be on yeah for sure man. Good discussion uh, though yeah yeah for sure um i guess maybe next time we'll know a little bit more about what's going to happen with the nba and let's just all continue to stay, you know, stay the course and try to end racism and get some systemic change because we, we need it. For sure. Thanks for having me on, man. It was a pleasure. No problem, man. Thank you once again um, for coming on, especially on short notice. <laughs> and just, no just come and chat it up, you know. It's, it's always a good time. We are the